The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord shone before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The template for several Christmas classics is as follows. By the power of an angelic or ghostly being, a man is showed a past and or present or future world and what it would and could be like without him in it. A Christmas carol and It's a Wonderful Life both use supernatural visions of what could have been to show a man how he should change his life or how valuable his life really is. It's a wonderful plot device, and both films are classics precisely because they champion the kinds of impact that the average person can make, something that we Lutherans being you know, uh, champions of the doctrine of vocation, you know, really like. But what about a Christmas without Jesus in it? Ah, but that's impossible, you say. Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, So we have to keep reminding ourselves precisely because we keep removing Jesus from the season. Indeed, what did the past and what would the present And what might the future look like without Jesus as part of this season? It has long been alleged by skeptics of Christianity 
that the date of December 25th, chosen to remember the birth of Jesus, is, uh, if not arbitrary, a ripoff of the great pagan celebration of Saturnalia. After all, the celebration of the god of agriculture, Saturn, ended on December 23rd. I think it was about a week-long celebration where gifts were exchanged and revelry was had and maybe some people drank a little too much alcohol and things like that. Saturn was the god of architecture or agriculture, not architecture, I don't know if they had a god for that, but agriculture, and uh, he was once in power. And when he was in power, the, 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 the earth just produced food. No one had to work for it. But I guess Zeus or someone else knocked him off his throne, and there was a hope that Saturn would regain the throne again, so once again they could have a bounty of food without having to work for it. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised they would have this feast for Saturn in hopes that they wouldn't have to work for food. But critics have said that Christians created Christmas to compete with Saturnalia, and so that's why they celebrated Jesus' birth on December 25th. Well, in fact, you may know that December 25th is nine months after March 25th, and there was a thought, popular in the time of Jesus, that a great man was uh, killed, or he died, on the same day that he was conceived. And since March 25th was believed to be the day that Jesus died, that's probably about right. It was probably March 27th or, uh, or August 1st, uh, either the year 30 or 33. Regardless, March 25th being his conception, nine months later is December 25th. So there was a good reason to come up with that date. In fact, some people think it was actually the Romans trying to copy the Christians, uh, bringing Saturnalia out again after seeing how popular Christmas was becoming. But all that to say, imagine a world where Jesus was never born where we are left only with the festivals of these pagan gods. Would we be better off? Is it really better to believe that everything in our life hinges on the whims of some very human-like gods, gods prone to fits of anger, whose myths assume a physical world that we now know is impossible, that is a, an eternal world that has always existed, etc., whose blessings that we must, uh, we must ask for constantly if we are to have children or if our cops, crops are to produce this year. Is that really better than the one God who is sovereign over all, who created all, and has shown us tremendous acts of grace and mercy? Now, if Jesus was never born, probably by the year 2023, we would have gotten rid of those Roman and Greek gods, but what would we have replaced them with? Well, in the end, tribalism and my God is bigger and badder than your God should probably be safely assumed to be the norm, complete with military conquests and the famine and disease and death that inevitably follow. And actually, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but these pagan gods are actually making a comeback, albeit by different names. We actually uh, find that some are making sacrifices to the gods of the earth. You know, we might call it Mother Earth or something, Gaia or something, sacrificing children 
in the name of the good life, and embracing gender-based or race-based tribes once again. But since Jesus was born, there have been entire centuries where that was at least abated, if not totally erased. No endeavor of man is without sin, of course, but wherever true discipleship of Jesus is found, there is no blind hope in false gods, and there is no tribal warfare. Indeed, we see the tribes and old age-old enemies coming together in the early pages of the uh, New Testament. There is trust in God's provision. There is harmony among God's people. Sounds pretty good to me. So, Christmas past without Jesus doesn't get very high marks from me. What about Christmas present? Well, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of Jesus these days. Almost all of the Christmas music I hear is secular. In two or three years, I wouldn't be surprised if all of the Christmas music was secular, without any mention of Jesus at all. But the season is still culturally observed. Families will still travel to be with other family members. Non-Christians will put up lights and decorations and trees. Gifts are shared. Christmas Eve services are attended. For another decade or so, I can imagine the vestiges of Christmas will hang on, even without Jesus being very prominent. There's, if we're honest, too much money at stake at the end of the year. I mean, the corporations are going to demand that even before Halloween, we start observing Christmas to start buying gifts and whatnot. You know, we got the Cyber Tuesday and the Good Black Friday. Anyway, heaven knows we can't, uh, you know, the world can't produce hope. We still need something to give us a little bit of hope, and Christmas seems to fit the bill for that. Even though there are fewer among us who even know what Christmas is or why we celebrate it in the first place, they're not teaching it in school, I can promise you that. So I'm going to give Christmas present an incomplete. We are still in the stage of deciding whether or not we want Jesus Christ to be a part of Christmas. Yes, I get the irony of that statement. I'm less optimistic about Christmas future, shy of a revival. In the future, I can at least imagine if not predict, Christians celebrating Christmas in the privacy of their homes, the holiday no longer being welcome in polite society. Perhaps the story will be seen as oppressive to women. We talked this morning about how, you know, Mary really had no choice in the matter. Christianity might come to be seen as a colonizing force, racist, homophobic, Maybe it will be made to be illegal. Sounds crazy, but just last century we saw that happen in lots of places where Christianity had been around a lot longer and a lot deeper than here in America. Invitations to a Christmas Eve gathering might be administered in secret, hopefully not intercepted by a state agent posing as a fellow believer. Candlelight will be used as a necessity to avoid attracting any undue attention, not used for a dramatic effect. Christians may receive the Lord's Supper on Christmas Eve with tears in their eyes, 
So precious is that meal among believers, among brothers and sisters in Christ. So few are they in number, given how many deserted Christ when the pressure became too intense. Meanwhile, attendance at the state-sponsored winter holiday will be mandatory. There, Thanksgiving for the days getting longer, finally now after the winter solstice, and the climate getting cooler will be observed. Christmas future, you see, must be banned because it is the mystical and foolish belief that God can become man. And for there to be actual peace on earth and actual goodwill toward men, we must devote ourselves not to silly myths, but to science and reason. Only science and reason can tell us how the world really is, you see, and therefore that's the only place we can go to find any hope, any kind of a path forward. Therefore, mysticism and appeals to the supernatural must be eliminated. Happy winter solstice, if I've not already said so. Well, maybe I have painted an apocalyptic vision every bit as horrifying as anything Ebenezer Scrooge could have been shown. And maybe you're saying to yourself, let that never come to pass. Let that never come to pass indeed. Rather, let the future be full of those who realize that without Christ, there is no hope. Without God becoming flesh and redeeming his people, without the sovereign, powerful, and gracious hand of God directing all things to his will, without the mercy of God offering us forgiveness and peace among men, yes, it is a bleak world. But it doesn't have to be that way. And I still have hope it won't be. Over and over I'm observing that uh, even among non-Christians, they are coming to realize the futility of a world without Christ. Without Christ, there are no moral standards. Without Christ, utter depravity and deviancy and lawlessness will increase and even be celebrated. Without Christ, the virtues of thrift and hard work and patience will be replaced with the vices of lust and greed and coveting. Without Christ, we have no ultimate goal or aim, either as a person or as a people. Without Christ, we become our own gods, and we are ill-equipped to be gods. As this social experiment we might broadly call secular humanism increasingly is revealed to be a farce, my hope is that there will be a great awakening. Many will finally say, enough! I want Christmas back, the way that it used to be, the way it's supposed to be. The fake world of the metaverse, the lies of the cultural revolutionaries, and the loneliness of a life without true friends or family will cause people to take a second look at Jesus and his birth. Hey, you know, maybe a little mystery isn't so bad after all. So if you don't want to see Christmas future become 
what it is on pace to becoming, what are you going to do about it? It is foolish to assume that the way things are today, they will be that way tomorrow. Might God's Spirit, beginning this night, break our hearts that the wonder and mystery of God becoming flesh will cause us to ourselves truly follow Christ so that Christmas future won't be a dozen of us secretly meeting by candlelight, but will be full churches with bells ringing, announcing to the world, Christ is born. We have reason to hope. Amen.